Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. Hi, I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk podcast number 41. Today is Friday, June 6th. 2008. If you'd like to give us a call, you can actually call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. And of course, you can email either me or Sean at uh, ckage at toolmonger.com for me, C-C-A-G-E, and S O'Hara, S-O-H-A-R-A at toolmonger.com for Sean. And uh, without further ado, what do you say we jump right into the Top five. All right. Top well, five. Yay. The I intro I have yet to build yes. after 41 podcasts. Yeah, a year and change. You know, it's all good. <laughs> you know, good things, those who wait. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a deal. Um, let's see here. Uh, starting off with number five is uh, the Greenlee screw holding driver. Like ah, a yeah. third hand. Right. Uh, basically, the uh, the idea here is, is you... Uh, you generally need three hands when uh, driving a screw. <laughs> uh, one to uh, to hold the uh, fastener, one to uh, make sure it stays on the head, and uh, one to turn the driver. And uh, that's, uh, for those of you who are counting, not many of us uh, <laughs> wind up having that kind of math. And if you do, I, I think you should keep it to yourself. Yes. Uh, or, you know, start a tennis team, you know, something, <laughs> something like that. But uh, I don't know, if you're really good with your foot or something. <laughs> No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's really it's really frustrating. And, you know, the funny thing is there are a lot of cases where, where this happens, where even something like this won't help. Yeah. I was trying to think. This happened to me. The Oh, I know what it was. It was on the audio desk that we're using to record the podcast. I was running some cable underneath it, and, you know, I had to put a screw in place and hold a little, you know, clamp, clamp in place and... And drive the screw, and it just it, it wasn't working. So, <laughs> well, I could have used this. You know, this would have been great. Yeah, the only problem with this, and basically what it is, is is uh, you fit the screw in this little uh, spring loaded uh, deal, and uh, it basically holds it's like a the, collar, right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. like a little collar, and and it holds the the screw to the to the head with a little pressure, so you have the the screw and the uh, the driver all in one hand, and you can just hold whatever you're going to be, you know going into with the other so uh oh, it makes perfect sense yeah, it's a cool little piece it, of gear it's a cool little deal the uh the only downside is uh you're still turning with your forearm uh which you know can tire you out if you have to do a bunch of them but uh like don't if you're screwing into wood it would be a problem yeah but don't they make something like this for uh i'm not greenly necessarily but doesn't somebody make one of these for a uh, uh for a, a, a drill driver well, I know they make, you know, like uh, magnetic bits and stuff like that, which helps you sometimes, but uh, uh, other times not so much. Uh, you know, and then they've got the uh, the pull-down sleeves that go over the fastener uh, with some of the, the uh, bits and everything. But uh, as far as collars go, I don't know. You don't like the uh, the feeder that, that you have on the stick for, uh, 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 for, for decking? You've seen those, like it automatically feeds the screws and, and it's on, it puts your driver on the end of a big stick so you can like drive screws into decking without having to like hunch over the whole day. Really? I've always been on my knees with the uh, Oh, no, they make this great tool for it. But I bet there's something like that for a drill driver, which would be really handy. 
I mean, obviously, Greenlee is targeting this at electricians who are trying to, like, hold a box in place. Yeah. You know, hold a collar for the box in place and then put a screw in it. Yeah. I mean, which is, you know, kind of what they do, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, so I, but I, I want one for my drill driver. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, one, well, wine, yeah, wine. they're they're uh, they're about six to you know twelve bucks. So I mean, it's, that'd be cool to have. I yeah, mean, I just mean, for the hell of if it. If you were an electrician, I could see using this. I I might even buy one because you never know, you know. Uh, number four was the Uber flexible reciprocating <laughs> saw. Oh yeah, it's Friday. Oh yeah, and uh, it, this this one I don't know if I could see having because uh, as we've established before, I am cheap, and this is over six hundred bucks for this. Who makes thing. this? Uh, actually, it's uh, it's an attachment I believe that goes to uh, a regular reciprocating saw and. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and it's Flex who makes how it. How does this? How does this vary in functionality from like Milwaukee's and what the hell do they call it? I've forgotten now. I don't remember. You know what either. I'm talking about though? The one that that swivels in the middle. Yeah. I mean, you you would think that that would do the job. Well, you'd think so, but uh, you know, I don't know. I know it it swivels on two axes. Uh, it'll it'll go like uh, up and down, and it'll also twist. Uh, side to side so you can get some funky angles on it but uh i don't know i've really if i need a reciprocating saw to do weird things uh i just cut a bigger hole (laughs) (laughs) that's probably a bad solution there's probably situations where (laughs) i uh, the the milwaukee seems to be pretty popular with that i would now i I feel so stupid i can't remember the name but anyway you know the one that 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 swivels in the middle i think That probably does the job as well as, you know, need be without something. Yeah, I could see, though, if you have to to get something out of, uh, like, if you're doing uh, uh, remodeling or something and you have to get in in some kind of weird hole or something. Yeah, yeah. I could see doing it, but uh, for... 600 plus bucks man you'd have to need it pretty bad boy i i don't know man you'd have <laughs> to find need another it pretty way to bad get... you'd have to need it pretty often yeah uh to to justify something like that no it is cool and it does swivel I, i'm gonna give it that but i don't know for that kind of cash i mean i'd just build a new wall i don't, <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know yeah that's my point like if it was one wall yeah you could build a lot of wall for 600 bucks yeah i'm, but... I'm willing to say th- say i could probably uh manage that <laughs> without uh without getting you need that. you need a task that you do repetitively yeah you know yeah i guess uh number three was uh take your desk with you and i actually made fun of this when i first saw it and uh i had to eat it uh, <laughs> later on cause... i'm telling you yeah like you said in your uh top five write-up i think that the uh using the hood of your truck sucks yeah i mean a it's hot yeah b it's your truck and uh a lot of times it's gonna roll off blow off something like that and this is just basically a uh if you think it 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 looks a lot like a uh, little or a big portfolio and uh it just basically folds down in half and it's got uh you know webbing straps and everything so that it it basically you hang it up with two nails somewhere and it's a portable desk and I, uh, it's got like, you know, cup holders in it and stuff for, <laughs> you know, tools and, and papers and got your you coffee, know, got your pencils, you know, plans and pencils and stuff. And, and, uh, I, I pretty badly made fun of it before, uh, you know, right as the post went out and, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I've <laughs> since retracted that position. You were wrong. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that's, that's, I could see that, you know? <laughs> 
You know, I mean, uh, there were some comments that, uh, you know, might not work for like a, a commercial, uh, I guess, application because the plans are just too big. But I'd also say that uh, the hood of your truck won't either. So uh, this is <laughs> this is a viable alternative. No, I mean, this this makes some sense. If you're a contractor and you have to do some work on the site, especially if you were like a general contractor for like, a you know, remodeling like they do up in the northeast where you're essentially rebuilding a house. Yeah. You know, the guys that are just building houses in, uh, you know, in in brand new houses in large quantities, you know, I don't think really spend enough time in a given house to like want to nail up a desk. Right. But uh, those guys, like I said, especially up in the Northeast where they're doing a lot of work on a single site for a long time. Yeah. And this is very precise, very detail oriented stuff i mean a lot of it especially if you're doing an older home has to be period or is supposed to be period specific and and oh yeah and i mean you're going to have a lot of little things to look at and mess around with and and you know yeah i suppose there would really be nothing to stop you from you know nailing together a two by four implied desk and then throwing it away when you're done but sure this just uh, seems pretty elegant you can take it with you yeah that's uh, that was kind of caught me you know when you you see it fold up and then you know somebody just walks off with it and everything goes with them i'm like oh well now that's intelligent and you know that's the thing so often it's tempting to make fun of a tool because it's very purpose specific you know like the like the flex bit or you know the flex attachment for the uh for the recip you know right. it's tempting to say why well, would never spend that kind of you're right you know you might not i might not but you know if you have a specific application for that tool it is a specific application tool you know right. if, if you have that application then you know it's a great thing for you and that's one of the fun things about toolmonger i think is getting to see all of those even when they're not the ones that you're using right now yeah because at some point in the future you may find yourself in that place and knowing that there's a tool that does that as opposed to just you know rebuilding the wall over and over again yeah you know yeah uh, <laughs> it's a good thing yeah i uh like i said i didn't uh i didn't really think this was this was anything that i was going to you know, have any interest in it all. And, and really I was wrong on several levels. So I love when our readers just snap us back on something like that. That is just super cool to me. I oh mean, yeah. I mean, that's how you learn is when, I mean, I, nobody does everything, but when you put something out there and you think, Oh, this is a joke, who would use this? And then the guy comes back, well, that would be me. <laughs> and I do this. And I you're would like, use oh. it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know? you know, or you think, wow, this is really cool. And then somebody who uses, who does that task every day is like, it's a piece of crap. And here's why. This is why. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my favorite one of those was, uh, I guess it was about a year or two ago. And, uh, when uh, you were on about uh, small trucks and you're like, small oh, trucks yeah. are useless. And oh, they're like, oh, I was so you know, wrong. Plumbers were like, uh, we beg to differ. Yeah, yeah. Actually, know? it was short bed trucks. Yeah. Remember, I was all yeah. on about. You can't about, put a piece of plywood in it. It's not It's a not truck. a truck, blah, blah, blah. I was so full of crap about that. <laughs> we and, had uh, electricians and plumbers and everyone, you know, lots of contractors say, uh, yeah, we, uh, we build houses for a living. We don't have a full size truck or, you know, a, a, a long bed truck. But uh, this is what we do with it, and we're like, yeah, or, or you know. contractors that were like, yeah, I haul guys around from job to job. Yeah, I'm like, well, crap. Yeah, that makes sense. You got a little bit of dirty stuff you want to put in the back. Mm-hmm. What I was really on about were those extended cab, super short beds, the ones that have like a you know a tiny little bed in the back. Yeah, it's like four feet by four feet. Yeah, you know, or and, four feet by three and a half. And feet. again, you know, a plumber comes in and he's like, well, you know, I carry a bunch of really crappy, literally. Yeah. you know pipe and stuff around <laughs> and uh and and three other guys and you're like well 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. I can see that, you know. <laughs> Actually, and I have a huge, huge truck rant for today, but we'll just we'll just save it to the next segment because, okay. yeah, I got a massive truck rant. Okay. Well, uh, that's good. We'll, we'll look forward to that in a few minutes. <laughs> we'll be happy at that Later time. on Toolmonger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Gearless uh, oh, yeah. right angle socket adapter. Now, a couple things about these gearless uh gearless tools now i don't know how they work which i feel stupid but i have not looked at i'm going to do that because i would like to know how they actually work uh i know from a practical perspective that they essentially they turn very completely smooth they don't click no you know if you're trying to describe this to someone who's never used one they don't click they just turn and then they don't turn the other way right so um the idea behind this one is that it's an adapter. You can stick it in crazy holes. And the point is, is the, the tighter the space in which you're trying to work, the more critical it is that you not have to move the ratchet, move the piece you've got on the end of it, the the outer end of the extension very much in order to get a click. Right. You know, because if you... Three and five degrees multiplied over several adapters or or extensions and everything it's a lot of movement can can be a problem yeah so so when you can you have something like this that you can literally get any movement at all transfer into some movement on the other end and and the ability to hold on to that that's valuable yeah this is one of those tools that is gonna bail your ass out yeah and uh it's it's kind of the reverse of uh you know the flex for me cuz I'm a big believer in the adapters and and oh, yeah. getting what you need. Well, they don't cost $600 either. Yeah, this one's 10 bucks. So there's there's that and you know the uh I've I've had those tight places in like engine bays and and corners and everything where you just can't get there, you know, and you have to cobble together some weird construction that looks like, you know, a a slinky on drugs or something and, <laughs> and managed to fit it in there. So you get, you know, like a couple clicks, uh, uh, you know, a turn. But see, that's the thing for, for even a hundred bucks, you know, a hundred bucks will buy you a lot of little specialty adapters and stuff. Right. And if you have a, a drawer full of those, you know, in your rollaway, it's just the kind of thing that will, that will get you out of a tight spot. Literally, yeah. you yeah. know, and I, I believe in that. That's easy. You know, I, I, the, I guess I don't use my recip enough, you know, to need something. Well, and there might be tons of guys that are they're like, oh, sure. it's it's a savior or something. I just personally, I think anybody could benefit from a ten dollar a socket adapter that might get you in a spot you couldn't otherwise get in. Right. And the other thing is about these, I, I forget who makes this one, but regardless of of how high or low quality they are, you know. A lot of times I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit on some of these crazy ones that I'm only going to use once or twice every now and then. Sure. You know, because they're not going to get a lot of use. And uh, now, granted, if it breaks the one time you need it, well, you know, you're going to have to eat some crow on that. But mm-hmm. uh, but admittedly, I have bought a lot of off-brand oddball tools like that just because, you know, they get so little use. Why not? Yeah. And if they save your butt a couple good. times. And break. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. It's worth it. If you, know? you use it that much, go get a good one. Mm-hmm. If yeah. they make it. <laughs> totally. You know? Let's see here. Number uh, one was number the PVC one. cutter. Yeah. This one actually took me by surprise uh, a little bit. And I've had uh, a PVC cutter for uh, a pretty long time. And, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it didn't occur to me that, that people cut 
PVC was something other than this. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, JR did this one and I think, and, uh, he was like, Oh, you know, what's the difference between, you know, this and just a regular pipe cutter. And, uh, everybody immediately jumped on and went speed. It's incredibly fast. It cuts way faster than, you know, some of the others. And, and it is a pretty clean cut, which is always good. With yeah, this thing looks kind of like, if I remember correctly, it almost looks like a garden shear with a real special kind of look to it, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, it's ratcheting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, ticka, 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 you know, they were eight bucks, the ones I got. They weren't name brand or anything like that. But instead of, you know, hacks on everything, I literally didn't have to take the pipe out of the ground, which nice. is which is good. You just stuck it down in there. You just stuck it in, and off it goes. Nice. You know, and, and it was cool because I didn't have to remove anything. I didn't have to worry about cutting everything especially to length. You just reach down in there, clip it where you need it. It, it comes off clean. You can put connectors on it, and you're done. Nice. You know? You know, I don't actually own one of these. I'm going to get one. Yeah, they're pretty cheap. You can find them anywhere. Well, I know we're going to put a, a sink in the Toolmonger shop pretty soon and do a little PVC. I'll just pick one up. Yeah. Yeah, they're worth the cash. They really are. Sounds and everybody awesome. else was uh, on the site was... Uh, oh, yeah. We're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it might not be a big deal if you have to do one or two. Try 50, you know, and then, <laughs> then tell me how much speed doesn't matter. Yeah, I think a standard pipe cutter, you know, the rotary pipe cutter sure. type would be the worst way to cut PVC. Um, I have used it once because it's all I had at the time. That must and, be uh, miserable. It, uh, boy, you could you could watch the grass grow while you're doing it, but, <laughs> uh, or the pipe crack, which was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. Uh, but uh, they're really better for like copper tubing stuff or you know something like that. But uh, hacksaw works fine. Yeah, that's what but, I always. I mean, use. it yeah. it takes a little longer. Yeah, but, and but it's this, kind of a cut. Yeah, the uh, but the the thing with this is it's just a couple of ratchets and and you don't have to worry about the stroke or anything like that like you do with a hacksaw. Or do I have room for this or do I have yeah, to get oh, a keyhole yeah, no. saw or something like that? No, oh, you just yeah. stick it down in the hole right. or like in my case, you know, under the dirt where wherever the pipe oh, is, yeah. and uh, get it in and you're fine. You know, so it totally works out cool. good. I have a rant for today. You know, I obviously everybody knows gas prices are just insane. I, and and I mean, we're I, we shouldn't complain. We're in Texas, and it's about as good as it gets. Right. I mean, we're we're still under four bucks for uh, for most. Yeah, it's about three eighty here. You know, three three ninety. You know, whatever. And uh, of course, diesel diesel is just insane. Yeah, diesel is like still four fifty, four sixty here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I see all these solutions in the news coming. You know, I see like uh, I was reading yesterday that there are a whole bunch of cars coming out in 2010 specifically that are going to be very, very fuel efficient. I mean, some of them insanely so. Uh, Volkswagen has a vehicle that, that, that gets 100 miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. Now, it's granted, I mean, it's, it's more of a go-kart than a vehicle, but I mean... You know, if that's it, what you're into and it will work for well, you, here's that's the fine. Thing. If you were just going to work, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So it's small, big deal. You know, safety isn't size. 
I think everybody's learned by now that the there's a lot of technology involved involved in, in safety, vehicle safety, and they can build cars that are safe. There's another one that was on CNN yesterday and is getting a lot of press right now, and it's essentially a, a steel frame with a monocoque, uh, composite monocoque chassis, and it gets 230 miles to the gallon. Right. It's essentially, you know, very aerodynamic. You know, it'll go 70 or 80 miles an hour. They're going to sell them for like under 30 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a good solution. It's essentially uh, an enclosed motorcycle, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it's a way to move people from place to place. But the problem that I have with all this is that there is a sector of working people, many of whom listen to this podcast, many of whom read Toolmonger, who aren't moving people. Yeah, they are completely boned. They're moving stuff. Yeah, they're they've got they have to have bigger vehicles that aren't as gas efficient and. There, there is no choice. They have to move that gear. That's right. I mean, if you're driving a Hummer or an Escalade just to, you know, go to the store or take your kid to soccer. Yeah, we're not talking about yeah, that. You have a choice, okay? If you want, you can go trade that bitch in for a Honda, and you can go straight to the head of the getting better gas mileage line. Yeah. But if you're a plumber or, you know, a handyman or a contractor. contractor painter. Right. Any of that. Right. If you drywall, I yep. mean, come on. You need a truck. You know, now, granted, here in Texas, a lot of people have truck cars, you know. Mm-hmm. They they buy trucks because they like them, which, not because they haul things, which is wrong fine. with that if but you want to pay for the gas. they have options. Right. Yeah, I, you know, if you want to drive these, uh, more power to you, man. It's your, it's your wallet, you know, right. whatever makes you happy. But it pisses me off that there's no, nobody is thinking in the least about any options for those who must drive trucks. Right. You know, now, the funny thing is, is they've been thinking about this for a long time in Europe. I mean, you'll notice that, like, for example, there are uh, you'll see. I mean, even even watching like, you know, Mr. Bean or something, you know, from back in the day, right. you'll, you'll see those little those those panel trucks that have like, you know, uh, little three cylinder diesels in them and so on, you mm-hmm. know, and ways to get decent mileage and still move some crap around because, you know, people, even when gas was five bucks in Europe, they were still, you know, people were building things and fixing things and, well, yeah, you know, but here in the U S it seems like the auto manufacturers are treating trucks like an Escalade mm-hmm. truck is an SUV. As far as they're concerned, they're just like, you're either gonna, you know, well, you could just go buy a car, you know, if you, if you want, better mileage you know it's it's a lifestyle decision yeah no it's no, not it's not <laughs> it's how you make your you know your living and and a lot of times they, they just and and there are some creative solutions you know like uh, there was a painter who showed up the other day and uh he had a stripped down minivan really yeah and uh he had uh, ladder racks strapped to the top of it and and everything and and uh it was I mean, it was beat to hell and, and everything, but, you know, I went up and asked him about it, and he, he said, yeah, it's, uh, it's a hell of a lot better than my truck. I can carry three people in it, which is what I need, and, uh, you know, most of my gear and everything. Now, it's it's trashed inside, but he said he got, you know, yeah, whatever, you know? close to 20 miles of the gallon for it, you know, which is a lot better than his truck did. You know, he said his oh, truck yeah. got like 12, 13, and this gets like 20, so it's a lot better. And that's my point. You know, uh, obviously, if you're going to tow a, a, a 9,000 pound trailer, look, you know, you're going to get crappy mileage. That's all there is to it. Okay. Right. There's no easy way to do that. But I think that there ought to be a solution in the near future. If gas is going to stay this high, if people want to, 
you know, say, have somebody come out and paint their house or they want somebody to come out and install a toilet and they want to do this for less than, you know, a couple of grand. Because mm-hmm. if if you think that this, if these designers don't think that this, that this is, isn't going to carry right into their pocket, you know, that the if the guy has to spend, you know, a, a, an imperial crap ton of cash to get his truck to the guy's house, if you think he's not going to charge you for that, you know, you're insane. Yeah. He's going to. Yeah. If you want these services continuing, then you better start designing vehicles that are going to allow these people to do it. Yeah, and I think part of it has always been that that uh you know the the largest segment is commuter vehicles. So sure, of course sure, that's what they're right. going to start with. Absolutely. Um but you know the the thing is, you know they they've been doing that for a while. I mean, uh, you've seen uh, a, you know a lot of shift to the cars getting better mileage and everything. And there really hasn't been a whole lot of of gas saving innovation with trucks, you know. No, there hasn't I been. I mean, it's in fact, close to none. You know, I mean, they had a lot of horsepower now, and and that's good. You know, but you've traded economy for it. I guess the thing is, though, that you know, American car companies have been losing their advantage over the last few years, and one of the ways they've been doing that is through trucks. Right. You know, it used to be that yeah, I mean, you might buy a Toyota car, but you know, you bought a Ford or Chevy pickup. Right. Maybe a Dodge. You know, mm-hmm. but now, I mean, Toyota, Nissan, they're making pickups that, you know, are every bit as useful as the American ones. Sure. And you can see them driving around. I've seen more Toyota uh, trucks here recently than I think I've ever. I, I mean, and these are full size trucks and and uh, I, I've seen more of them recently than than I have ever. But, you know, what's funny is. I see a lot more of the littler ones, like the S10s and the you Rangers know, and everything. And there's another now. thing that I can't help but notice. I was looking when I when I when I got all wound about this uh, yesterday, and I started. I went online and I started looking. I'm like, well, what about small trucks? Now, granted, you know, for the painter, that's useless because he can't put three people in it. Yeah, or hang ladders on top of right. it. A lot of times, right? But I thought, well, you know, some guys could use a small truck. Sure. Right, so I, I started looking, and you know, the small trucks don't get any near, anywhere near the mileage they should. Mm-mm. And you got a small truck, it can't tow. Okay, fine, you expect that, right? Right. But in exchange for that size and that inability to tow, you get like three miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. That's crap. Yeah. You know why can't I have a truck, a little truck? You know, the, if I just need to say, you know, it's me, and I need to haul some of my tools in the back or something. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't I have a small truck that gets 25 or 27, you know? Yeah, and yeah, I I just don't understand why they can't figure this out. I mean, they've figured out a lot of applications for everything else. Why Why is it that this isn't as important, you know? I don't know, and I can't help but wonder, too, if maybe this isn't a way that some of the companies that have lost their lead for GM, you know, mm-hmm. that have lost their lead uh, because of trucks couldn't get it back. You know, uh, there. I, I remember last year GM was claiming that you know their truck line had the highest average fuel economy, but you know we're talking about like you know nineteen or twenty instead of eighteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's you know it doesn't matter how many 
how great the mileage is if you're only gaining an advantage of a couple of miles a gallon it's not significant you know and when you're talking about if i told you that you could give up something and you would get an extra mile per gallon you probably wouldn't think about it mm-hmm. you know but if i told you you could get you could get 10 miles to the gallon by giving something up or 20 that's what you start thinking about you know same thing when you look at hybrids you know it's tempting to say well look at that hybrid it gets 40 miles to the gallon that's really cool but then you look at the non-hybrid version, it gets 35. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, I'm going to pay you know $6,000 premium, and I'm going to get five miles to the gallon. Well, and when you do the math, you wind up going, hmm, especially if you, you just use it to commute you know, a couple miles to work or something like that. I mean, if you're driving, you know, 150, 200 miles a day, you know, that's... Uh, Even one, though. You're going to... Yeah. A couple, you'd think about it, but one? Yeah. You know, it, it's... Uh, and I, I don't want a hybrid truck. You know, what I want is a truck... <laughs> And, and, you know, these are I'm glad they're working on these things, because eventually sometime down the road, we're going to get enough bang from these technologies to make them worth the buck, you know. But right now, what we need is a a, a cut. We need a couple of vehicles that are designed for working people in an environment where gas is expensive. Yeah. You know, and look to Europe, whatever you got to do. But it's time manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> that you give people this, and you better do it quick before you can't afford to have somebody come out and do any work on your house. Well, and a lot of company, or you know, what they actually better be careful of is is you know, you talk about look to Europe is look at Japan. I mean, look at Tokyo. Yeah. Look at I mean, what do they do there? You know, they figured these problems out already. I mean, they have to import absolutely everything into that country, <laughs> including oil. Right. So I mean, everything is expensive, but. They and everything's close together. Everything's you know pile up, but they've gone through something very similar to this before. And if they figure it out and market it correctly here, I think it's going to be a big problem for domestic manufacturers. Yeah, and you know this is one of the things too, though. One thing that makes it a little hard for that solution to totally align with us is like living in Texas. You re- you realize that a lot of these solutions are designed for urban areas. And by urban, I mean tight urban. I'm talking like New York City or Tokyo, not like, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth. You know, Dallas-Fort Worth is like your hometown times a billion. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like a little town that just keeps on going forever. And you have a guy that, you know, a handyman, he drives around and covers an area, usually four or five cities, you know, and an area that's probably 40 miles or more in, you know, in diameter. Yeah, I'm telling you, though, if you look at if it gets expensive enough and it gets hard enough and the solution is even halfway reasonable, I bet you it won't matter. I bet you it'll still work. No, I mean, I agree. I was just thinking about like, you know, uh, on Popular Science this last time, there was a really cool thing on the cover. And it's kind of funny. It's a, it's a unicycle. It looks like a motorcycle. You know, mm-hmm. It's a unicycle. And uh, I, I thought that, you know, it goes 40 miles an hour, you know, and. You, it's it weighs nothing. It requires very little juice to go, much less than a full size motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially, it's like it's like a cross between a Segway and a scooter. You know, right? It's like a Segway that doesn't look dorky, mm-hmm. and a scooter that you know is smaller. And this is a cool idea. You know, if you lived in in town, you could use one of these things. You know, right? You could whiz around and you could commute. I mean, when we were when we were in San Francisco, some of the people we knew there. We're commuting like, you know, a couple of miles to work, right? Mm-hmm. And you could easily do it on something like this. The speed limit doesn't go above 35 downtown anyway, you know? Yeah, well, even if the speed limit does, you're not. Yeah, right. You yeah, know? you're not going anywhere. We're yeah. not 10 or 15 anyway. Yeah. So, 
you know, yeah, it worked great. But that kind of solution, worthless in Texas. Well, yeah, but I'm not talking about that. I mean, there's there are, you know, like two and three cylinder yeah, moving yeah, yeah, trucks. Yeah. That, Absolutely. That are very purpose built to carry large materials and, yes. and building stuff. And I'm telling you, if if the domestic manufacturers aren't careful, they're going to figure out a way to market it over here and, and design it right. And it's going to go. I hope that the domestic manufacturers here figure it out. But if they don't, then too bad for them because I feel way more for the workers who are who are losing their food and send the kids to college money on gas right now than I do for any of the manufacturers. Yeah. You know, I mean, you if you can't, didn't you see the signs, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like we we've, we've seen for the last 5 6 years everybody's, you know, and and Toyota and Honda and everything had the forethought enough to go, you know, this is going to be a problem later. We're going to start working on this and they're starting to figure it out now. And I think that you know that kind of thought ahead is going to wind up paying off for them. Yeah. Um, I yeah. could really, like you said, I could really care less about the the manufacturer. I, mean, I would kind of like to see you know domestic American manufacturers do well because you know I live here, but um, but I don't care. Well, I'm not going to get bent over for no, the gas over it either. either. And I think I think that a lot of those guys, even those guys that given the choice of buying a relatively equal. And there's still guys like that, you know, given the choice of buying a relatively equal Nissan, Toyota, or Chevy, or Ford, they're going to buy the Chevy or Ford just because they want to buy American. Right. But I'm telling you this, if given the option of a relatively equal, you know, Nissan, Chevy, you know, Toyota, Ford, and a vehicle that gets 28 miles to the gallon and hauls their stuff and is going to save them literally $1,000 a month. Yeah. Guess what they're going to buy? Well, and we've already you seen can make some the of that. payment off your savings. Yeah, I mean, you know? we've already seen some of that shift. Like hardcore, you know, South Texas truck oh, driving yeah. guys are oh, trading yeah. in on cars. I won't name know? names, but man, uh, there's a guy we know who has always driven the biggest damn truck that he could get his hands on. Yeah, I mean, this thing's like Bigfoot, you yeah, know, like an F four fifty, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and you know, with the extend cab, it's a house on wheels, and he it was part of his image. You know, yeah, I that's the definite. You know, the definition of who he was. You know, he didn't understand not not drive a truck didn't compute with him and uh we heard about a week or two ago that that dude parked his f450 which is on a lease and got a saturn view yeah i mean that's the kind of thing that you're seeing now a minivan yeah for all you intents know, and purposes dude's driving a minivan <laughs> you know big cowboy dude uh, it's more minivan. an SUV, but yeah, it's minivan. You know, it's it's not. It doesn't have a sliding door. It's not a minivan. All right, whatever. Looks but, like a minivan. But it's it's a uh, it's a little bitty SUV, and it's hysterical. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, it, at that point, I realized the world has changed. This I mean, this is a a thing you're going to have to start reacting to, whether you want to or not. You know, it, it, even if you don't want to admit it's there, it's going to start hurting you and it's going to start hurting you soon. And, you know, I'm still getting away with it because, you know, I have a truck, but I only drive the truck when I need to haul stuff. Mm -hmm. So it just sits there. Right. You know? And uh, and then I drive a car that gets great mileage, you know, when yeah. I'm not hauling stuff. But... Uh, I, and uh, I have your truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's kind of a shared truck. Yeah, you know, it sits there until either Sean or I or the Toolmonger guys or anything. Somebody needs to. Yeah, haul and then stuff. we we uh, exactly we use it, but you know, um, and we drive cars, you know. But right, uh, you know, I'm just saying there are a lot of people out there who don't have that option. Yeah, and they're going to somebody is going to need to fix this, and 
I'm telling you, whoever winds up fixing it so that it's both economical, not painful, and and affordable, they're they're going to rack it in. They I really hope, are. I hope that uh, somebody does it and soon. Yeah. Listeners of the Tool Talk podcast get a preview, kind of, of what's coming on, uh, coming down the pike for Toolmonger, and uh, this week is no exception. Uh, we are in the midst of a very big grill test. Yes. <clears throat> and it's kind of fun, too, because it's not like uh, we're really pitting these grills against each other. <laughs> Pit, get it. <laughs> but really, it was like we set out to find five different ways that you can go about firing up the grill for summer, you know? They're all charcoal um, because, you know, that's how we roll. <laughs> and I got, man, I was having this argument with uh, with a guy uh, that we deal with, with Toolmonger uh, Business Contact, you mm-hmm. know, the other day. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, my gas grill, it's great, blah, blah, blah. When's the last time you grilled? Oh, about two weeks ago. I got to go get me a blah, 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 and I got to <laughs> fix this. And, <laughs> and, uh, and it's so funny because, you know, you find yourself thinking, come on, you know. And um, even people, I, I think, I found that with, when it comes to charcoal, a lot of people have a misconception. Uh, they hear all these, like, gourmet charcoal guys mm-hmm. talking about, oh, yeah, use lump charcoal and a chimney. and Exotic takes, hardwood. Which is cool. If you want to do that, that's great. I think my my judgment extends to those people who hear that and think, well, charcoal is so hard, I don't want to touch it. There are options. Just like right. there are, you can have a $3,000 you know, gas grill that has options and and requires more time and work to do everything but can do crazy things. And, well, it's the same with charcoal, you know? Mm -hmm. Lump charcoal is hard to light. Yes, it is. It makes really good smoke. And, you know, if you wanted to do it, it, it's a cool thing to mess with. But if you just want to go throw something on the grill, you dump the match light in, you light it 10 minutes later, you spread it out, you put your crap on, you're done. Leave it out there when it when it's done. You know, the next time you just switch the ash array and you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really easy. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I won't go on a rant about that. But this week we're testing a number of, of grills. We're testing, um, let's see, from, from cheap to expensive, right? We're testing the $20 nameless Chinese stamped piece of sh- you got it at Lowe's. Yeah, the the you know the one everybody gets when they you know they they first get a house and don't have any money and they you know they got like all right we got twenty bucks for a grill, ten bucks for charcoal and twenty bucks for food. Okay. Let's go get a grill. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's one of those. You know, it falls yep. up like a TV tray. Yep. You know, piece of crap. And uh, but works fine. Yep. And uh, let's see. Next up from that, we've got uh, the char griller, mm-hmm. which is a small. Uh, small direct grill has cast iron. Think of it. You know what it is? It's the firebox off a char griller 
smoker. Yeah. So you see the big smoker and it has a little can on the bottom of it? Yeah. That's, yeah. It's one of those. That's that's what it is. And, you know, the, the cool thing about it is is that cast iron, it, it closes up. It's got a little tray and everything. It's real compact, but you can cook enough for, for a couple oh, yeah. people on it. No problem. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. It's like it's like uh, uh, 80, 90 bucks. Yeah. Nice unit. Uh, the Weber, One Touch Gold. Yep. That's kind of standard, it yeah. seems. 22 uh, inch, got an ash can on the bottom. Yeah, right. You know, Weber tripod, you know, type stuff. Kettle grill. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. About 140 bucks, 150 bucks. Right. Um, then we have the portable kitchen uh, grill. It's cast aluminum. Right. Patio it's, Pro. Yeah, Patio Pro. It's a, it's it's an unusual grill. It's designed to... Um, essentially, the concept behind it is that this cast aluminum, unlike stamped steel with enamel, you can brush on it. So when it gets nasty, you can clean it, mm-hmm. you know? And, of course, it's not going to rust. It'll corrode, but slowly, uh, much more slowly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's essentially like buying a standard charcoal grill, except it'll last a long time. Right. And uh, uh, it's a little expensive, too. It's about 260 bucks, 270 bucks. Yeah, roughly. And um, then at the top of the line, we have... Uh, the the uh, charbroil, I believe it's the nine forty X. Yeah, it's eight forty nine forty something yeah. like that. It's it's a big honking charcoal. It grill. is it is a big son bitch, and it is. Uh, it's like five hundred and some odd square inches, inches of yeah. of cast yeah. iron grill space. Cast I mean, iron grill and uh, um, you know big box, and uh, it has a charcoal grate that moves up and down in it. It's like a classic. Yeah, it's got a it's got a front door where you can you know open it up, and open adjust it up the fire and everything. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Has a, a temperature gauge built into it. Right, neat neat stuff. And you know we we've started out by doing some individual. We're in the process of doing some individual tests with each one for what they're good for. But we discovered a few things. You know this uh, this week, and you'll read about this uh, in a couple of weeks. But uh, one thing we thought is that no matter what all these things can do. You know, like if you can smoke with it or you can do all this crazy stuff. If you buy a grill as opposed to a smoker, you got to be able to make burgers on it. Right. You can't make burgers and dogs on it. Who cares? It's a box with fire. Yeah. You need to be able to do this. If you can't do that, you, 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 it's not a grill. Right. You know, or it's a specialty item is I guess what I would say. Right. You know, so uh, we thought, well, we really need to fire these up and find out. So we were lucky enough to uh, hook up with the Lake City's Fire Department in Lake City's Texas, and um, <clears throat> they were they hosted us uh, day before yesterday, I think it was, mm-hmm. and we came out and we set up all five grills and we fired those suckers up and we just grilled a ton of burgers for firemen. And they came around and played with the grills and checked it out and everything. And we learned a ton. Oh, yeah. I mean, a ton. They had a lot to say. Good good stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, as always, when you go into a test, you, you have your own opinions. You're keeping them to yourself. But you're thinking, you know, oh, it's a piece of crap. Or you're thinking, oh, what the hell would I do with that, you know? Right. And And then you start using it and talking with people. And a lot of times you find that your opinion changes completely, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's why tests are so valuable because... You know, if you just if you just saw it in the store, you would think very differently than when you've actually put your hands on it and used it and talked to other, you know, and talked to 30 firemen about it, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, Which, if you don't think firemen know about grilling, 
you, you got another thing coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were getting schooled the whole time. Yeah. It was great. There's a guy at uh, one of the firehouses that bakes cakes in his Weber. Yeah. I mean, there's some, and, uh, you know, and, and the whole time it was, oh, let me tell you how to make a good brisket. Oh, let me tell you how to make a good sauce. We, we, were, we were taking notes, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, was, <laughs> these guys knew their stuff, man. It was uh, it was a good time. And, man, I, I learned a lot. Uh, you know, number one, I learned that that $20 grill is a $20 grill, and it'll grill burgers, and you grill steaks on it. Uh, you probably, you're not going to smoke with it. You know, well, you could, but you'd be crazy. Yeah. Take a while. It's well worth the twenty bucks. It is, yeah. I mean, it's it's if you don't have a lot of cash and you need to cook meat, it will work. Yeah. The bottom you know? the bottom line with it is there's no excuse for not grilling. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, go go get you one and grill. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Now that uh, char griller was a big surprise for me because I thought yeah. this is too small. You know, I, I don't know if I'd like the cast iron grill. You know, it, well, you got to season them and stuff, and if you're yeah, not used to that, you got to figure out what's going on. And and boy, I was just dead wrong. I mean, that thing was very popular. I think a lot, if not almost all, of the firemen were interested in one. Yeah. Now, you the know? coolest thing about it is uh, now, of course, it had cast iron grates and it was small and everything, which is great for a uh, you know small area. But yeah, that's the thing about small is if you're if you're cooking for like most people, two to four people, right. At home, you don't need a big ass grill because you got to put a lot of charcoal in it, you know, which makes it expensive. If you yeah. got to put a half a bag of charcoal in, you're you're spending four to six bucks to fire up your grill. Yeah, we put eighteen coals in eighteen briquettes, man. eighteen briquettes in this little this little grill, and the and the entire thing was hot enough to cook on the entire time. It was great. Yeah. Uh, it's got this cool like bottom tray that just oh, slides yeah. out. Oh yeah, uh, it's wonderful. You can empty out all of it and everything, and it's just it's it's very compact, very small. Um, it closes down. You can smoke with it if you want to. Uh, you know, it's got vents on the sides, uh, which makes the airflow a little different, but it really doesn't hurt anything. It's no. just different. You know, uh, I was very impressed with it, and so were the the firemen. They were like, "Oh, what's this? oh, this is cool." You yeah, know? they were all like, you know, by the time we were done, they were like, "Yeah, man, I take one of these out to the lake with me." Mm-hmm. You know, I buy one for my house. Sean, you were thinking about getting one. Yeah, I am actually. I, it was probably my favorite for what I do, uh, you know, and how I I grill this. That one looks perfect for me. Uh, if I was going to spend the cash, that's one I'm going to get, and I think I actually might this year because my grill is beat. You know. <laughs> Sean had a $20 grill. Yeah, I had a $20 grill. Actually, it was better than the $20 grill that we're testing. It was slightly better it's than bigger. that. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, but it basically just a beefed up version of the $20 grill. And it's, <laughs> it's about two years old And he only got yeah, two and a half years two out of it. Two and a half years, so, so uh, it's got to go. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, I, I was seriously impressed with it. I didn't think I was going to be that that happy with it, but I I thought it was insanely cool, and so did they. Yeah. The Weber is, is the Weber. Now, I'll admit, I... I uh, and this is bad, but I, I've been a little bit anti-Weber for a while because I had a really cool square grill, mm-hmm. you know, that had an ash can on the bottom and had a bottom top vent, which I like. Some vents on or some wings on either side so you could put yep. some, some stuff on them and stuff. Yeah, it was nice. Nice grill. Paid like 40 bucks. So it was a deal. Yeah. And it was a, it was a charbroil, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, they stopped making it, which, you know, I was frustrated about. <laughs> And uh, livid is probably a better word. Yeah, I wish I bought like five of them <laughs> at the time because I really liked it a right. lot. And and, uh, you know, I like the way it gets kind of hot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the Weber kettle being so large 
Now you have uh, the twenty two, not the eighteen. So I will yeah, say there's need a discernible it. difference. Because the twenty two is smaller, has less grill area on it than my twenty one inch square. Right. So you, the eighteen and a half wouldn't do me any good. You know, I need I can just fit everything that I normally grill at home on a on a on the twenty two and a half. Mm-hmm. And I a lot of times, at least once a week, I do a steak meal which has I do. Uh, two or three fillets, and then I do grilled potatoes, and I do grilled vegetable skewers, and I do some onions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty big. Cooking for two to four, you need a pretty decent amount of, of grill, but I don't want a huge grill because I don't want to burn a half a bag of charcoal every time. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I ended up with you know this twenty-one inch square, which was perfect. Uh, but they don't make it anymore, and uh, I'm really pissed because you have to learn to grill again a little bit. You have to you know, dink around with it and figure out everything to get what you want off it all the time. Sure. And I didn't want to do that. So uh, I I got interested in the Weber because I felt like, well, they've been making this can for like, you know, 50, 50 years. years. Yeah. I'll, I'll be able to get it. And I looked and sure enough, you can buy all the important parts. You can buy the charcoal grill and you can buy the food grill uh, at Target, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, the grades so for it, yeah. Eight bucks and 20 bucks. Yeah. You know? And you're good to go. Right. And that's, you know, so no more like, you know, scrubbing the grill extra hard for another six months because, you know, you just can't get another one. Mm-hmm. You know, you just throw it away and get you another one. You yeah. know, why not? <laughs> and, and but I was concerned because they just don't get very hot, you know. And, uh, but this was all talk because I never used one because I was a gas grill guy. <laughs> yeah, so, I fixed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, when the when the Weber came in, you know, I fired up and, and made my meal on it to see how right. it worked. Now, it does, it does cook cooler. It does. And, in fact, we learned, uh, thanks to the firemen, how much cooler. Yes, we did. Uh, you know, we're talking about it, and actually this came up with the uh, PK, the portable kitchen, because we're like, you know, we're like, this aluminum, isn't this aluminum going to melt, you know? And in the manual they say don't build the fire or get coals right on you know, the aluminum, we're thinking, man, I wonder. So when the guy's like, hey, man, go get, what was it? Hey, Proby, go get your uh, go get your meter off your engine. Go you get know? your thermal imager from the, yeah. You know, and they brought this Bullock <laughs> thermal imager in there, and I'm like, holy like this, crap, man. You know, this ten twelve thousand $12,000 camera that they use to uh, find fire in walls, all kinds of neat stuff, actually, too. It's like, you look at it, and, and think of it like a video camera with a big display on the back of it, right? And big old buttons for, like, you know, yeah. firemen with gloves. Yeah, firemen with gloved hands. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you look on this thing and you see like, you know, red, blue, green, you know, like on Mythbusters, right? Sure. Like red, blue, green and stuff. And and the little cross in the center, you put it on something on the side, you get a meter that tells you how hot it is. Mm-hmm. And they say they use this for like finding like smoldering in walls, you know, and even something I wouldn't have thought of, which is, you know, when people are trying to escape and get caught in the fire and they're looking for them inside, they'll see, like, where they ran their hands along the wall and the heat is different. Mm-hmm. And they can find the people that way. I mean, cool stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so we pull it out for this mundane task of, like, pointed into the grill yeah. <laughs> and uh, pointed at the side of the PK, which was, like, 275 degrees. Right. It's fine. I mean, yeah, it's not aluminum melts at, like, 1,200-something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no big deal. And... um but then the fun part was we stuck it in, uh, you know, pointed it in each of the grills and discovered that with a full load of coals, um, you know, most of the standard style charcoal grills, like the uh, uh, like the charbroil, the big ass charbroil, and the and the little uh, char griller, ran about eight hundred degrees. Yeah, and uh, the 
the uh, uh, Weber ran more like 700. Yeah, Weber ran 700. The the char griller, uh, small char griller ran uh, uh, 800. The uh, the little bitty twenty dollar grill ran uh, 750. Yeah. Uh, the the Weber actually ran the coolest of, of any all. of them. Yeah. yeah. And the 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 portable kitchen ran 950. Yeah. Uh, validating the whole concept, and we can talk more about it. But validating the whole concept of you know the aluminum reflects the heat back. Well, yeah, it does, as a matter of fact. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> we had a meter to prove it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I fired it up, and it does take longer to cook. Some, uh, like when you the steak meal took about, about half again as long to cook. But it, it also made it a little easier, especially after a on couple the Weber, of beers. Yeah, on the Weber, right. Yeah. You know, it took, uh, you know, after a couple of beers, you can kind of relax and, and uh, you know, smoke a little with it. and. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty pleased. I think it's it's probably uh, you know the the char griller was really cool, but too small for me because mm-hmm. I just you know with all the vegetables and everything, sure, you know, it ain't gonna fly for me. But uh, I think that might be next on my list. The the portable kitchen, um, we still have some testing to do because uh, really I think the it it wasn't the best grill for burgers, just because it was so incredibly hot. Um, you could put fewer coals in it, of course, which is cool. That mm-hmm. means that. Uh, so it's not fair to really say, uh, you know, it's not good for this. It is. You just have to figure it out. It's very different. And uh, uh, I think that uh, probably it's going to be at its finest for indirect grilling. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that we can put like literally, you know, 18 or 20 co- uh, briquettes in it uh, with an indirect fire and close that sucker up. And I have a feeling that we're going to make some incredible steaks with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Still a little plan to do to understand those. Uh, you know, the Weber is kind of like jack of all trades, master of none. It's not the best grill for anything, uh, but you can smoke with it. You could cook indirect with it. You can cook direct with it. You can do burgers on it. Which versatility is a trait? It is onto it's good. itself, right? You and know. and very valuable. Like I said, for me, it's probably you know in my future. That big uh, char charbroil is a badass. Uh yeah, if you are gonna cook for I don't know twenty people. firemen, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. this this is the grill you probably want to do it on. I think it, it's a it seems very um very versatile as well for what it what it is too. It's a very it's a different design, but it's a good design. You know, you can adjust the fire almost any way you need to. That's right. You have essentially a tray, a big big charcoal tray that hangs uh, from the two sides Mm -hmm. so what you can do it has various hangers on it so you can hang it between about i don't know maybe 10 or 12 inches away Mm -hmm. to like three inches away so you could do everything from hibachi and you could run that sucker right up high and you could hibachi with it Mm -hmm. you could run it down low uh you know and smoke with it uh in our case like what we ended up doing was uh we put it down at the bottom when we first lit it, so we had some control over the burgers. Right, and put and a ton of coal or a ton of charcoal in it. And, and as it cooled down, we just moved it up, you know, and we right. got a long cooking. I mean, we could have fed everyone off it. We could have fed twice as many people off it. Yeah, with one yeah. one load of charcoal. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Not been a problem. And uh, obviously it has that door on the front of it that opens up. So if you were going to smoke with it, you know, you could uh, you could very easily build your fire in the center Put your, you know, brisket or, or, or pork shoulders on either either side, mm-hmm. you know, with a drip pan over there if you wanted, and <clears throat> and then have, uh, you know, access to that fire in the center through the door. And you could easily open it up and add more briquettes as you needed to. Right. 
and good good stuff. Uh, we'll be smoking with it next week to before we write about it. It'll be a lot of fun. But I was really impressed with it. Um, little little bit of quality control issue. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a little, but you know, we it had wasn't a, bad. <clears throat> we had a part that was uh, shipped incorrectly. Um, and, and which resulted in a wheel that kind of wanted to come off. Now, uh, we called the number and apparently you can get, uh, the replacement part and so on. But, uh, we also, uh, it's, it's kind of in order to make that size and quality of, of a fire pit without it being, uh, welded, you know, it has to be, it's, it's, uh, it's bolted together, you know, it's, it's formed, you know, stamped steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a box that big stamp steel is hard to keep square. So like the top is a little bit different, you know, shape than the bottom. Yeah, it's a little wampa jagged sometimes, but uh, you, you know, had to pull on it to fix we, it a little. Yeah, but you could do it. What it's we no did is deal. we just took a, a you know a cargo strap and uh, wrenched it down pretty tight and just you know tightened the crap out of it, and it went back within an eighth of an inch. Yeah. So, so it and took it five minutes to fix. None. Yet nothing. And uh, this thing is like four hundred fifty bucks, and for that size of grill you know they put the quality obviously where they needed it i really think it would last for a pretty long time Me too. Me too. uh it's it's you know oh yeah and the tray it has a yep. big ass tray that covers the whole bottom of the grill it pulls out sort of it like the pulls out the front yeah. yeah so i mean emptying the ash out of this is just dirt simple yep those, you just pull it out and you're done. Yeah, those two, the the uh, the charbroil and the char griller win for the uh, ease of of ash removal because you can just take the bottom of the grill basically out of the unit yeah. and and oh, yeah. do whatever you need to. You can hose it off. You can wipe it down. I mean, whatever oh, yeah. you need to do. Oh, yeah. It is the easiest. Those two are the easiest of any of them. It's good stuff. If you cook for a lot of people often, I think that uh, that big that big charbroil would be on my list. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just that there's. You know, if you're if you're not cooking for, you know, eight at right. least, I think it's it's probably not. Well, you, you know. cook a lot with for you know three or four, and you cook a lot of vegetables and stuff. So you know the Weber's good for you. I, I'm more two to three people, and I don't do vegetables. <laughs> so right. I, you right. know the char griller is probably better for. Me. I mean, so but it, none of them actually were bad. None of them. All great grills. All of them were good. Yeah. Badass ways to fire up the grill. Yeah, I mean there were some nitpicking things that we could do on each one of them, but it's it's not bad. Not any of them. Did, I mean, they were boxes with fire. I mean, you cook meat with that. You know, I mean, that's just how it goes. You got a lot of options. And, and all I got to say is whatever you do, get you a box with fire. <laughs> fire it up. Grill. You guys, you got anything else for this uh, very long podcast? I think that's, uh, that pretty much sums it up. Box fire meat good. You know, <laughs> Truck better mileage. Yeah. <laughs> Top five. Also, thank you to the uh, Lake City's Fire Department for for having us out. That was really cool. Yes, sir. Very kind of them. We'll see you next week.